For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where you are emotionally impacts where you are mentally and physically. That's a direct quote from today's guest. Dr. Anita is a nationally acclaimed trauma therapist who is recognized for her groundbreaking work at the intersection of mental health, faith, and culture. Sometimes we need to allow people to heal before we ask them to pick up their forgiveness bed and walk. And so I want to make space for people to forgive. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now let's jump into the video. So Dr. Anita Phillips, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, right, approximately 60% of men and 50% of women experience at least one traumatic event in their life. And I, I want to start off today's show by really asking you, how, why is it so important for people? And, and I really want to just really um, talk to even to the people who look like you and I. Why is it so important for us to discuss and really talk about healing when it comes to some of the traumatic stuff that we've been through? Well, for one thing, trauma is intergenerational. So it once it's absorbed into our bodies, it can affect our DNA in a way that actually passes it on to the next generation. So when you're dealing with a group of people like Black Americans who overwhelmingly are descendants of the Atlantic slave trade, there's trauma being carried in the body. It's not about how long ago slavery was in terms of years. It's about how recently it was in terms of generations. You know, my grandmother was born in 1907. Harriet Tubman died in 1913. So my grandmother's lifespan overlapped the lifespan of Harriet Tubman. And my grandmother lived with us when we were growing up. So that's how close slavery is to us generationally in the United States. And so it's really important for us to recognize how trauma is still echoing through our bodies. It was discovered, oh, don't quote me, I won't try, but the scientist who really discovered this, she was working with Holocaust survivors and noticed that their children were more prone to have PTSD than people whose parents had not been traumatized and was ultimately able to figure out that the trauma that had been experienced by Holocaust survivors was changing their children's sensitivity to, to um, developing PTSD, whether they were pregnant during the Holocaust or not. And so this is not a question that's open. This has been absolutely confirmed scientifically that there is an impact from the generations before down through the generations that are living now. So let's stay right there, because I think a lot of people and I just be honest and vulnerable um, with you. 
I thought I was good. <laughs> you know, I thought that I had no trauma. I thought I had no mm-hmm. healing to go through until I hit rock bottom emotionally, right? And I want to talk about what are some key things that we should be looking for to see signs and to identify, hey, we have some unhealed trauma that we need to address. Um, what are those signs from there? And then two, how, how do we go about admitting that and starting that process of healing? A lot of it comes down to where we are emotionally. So I love that you kind of worked your way down, say like now I'm at emotional coach level, but really that's where we all need to be starting. Yeah. Our worldview, the Western perspective, which as black Americans, we have embraced a lot of, really focuses on the mind, mm-hmm. the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind, but it's really about the heart, the heart, the heart. Mm-hmm. That is scriptural and science is catching up with scripture, but where we are emotionally impacts where we are mentally and physically. So a lot of the mental health problems, particularly in the African-American community that haven't registered as mental health statistics, like rates of depression or rates of anxiety are registering in our bodies, high blood pressure that can't seem to be controlled, diabetes that's coming out of nowhere and hard to control. Even when you're taking your medication and eating right, your blood sugar is still up. We experience the effects very deeply in our bodies as well. And so the health disparities in Black America that we consider physical health disparities are also an indicator of our mental health. And so what's your body doing? Are you in pain, lower back pain, migraines, the tension in our shoulders, dental issues, because high levels of stress dries out our mouths and without proper saliva um, flowing, it actually undermines our dental health. There's so many things that our bodies are telling us about how we're not well. And trauma lives in the body. So we need to pay attention to where our bodies are, but we also need to pay attention to where we are emotionally. Are we heavily disconnected? Do we feel numb? Are we always good to go? That's not healthy. We are meant to have rich emotional lives. And if that's where the pain is echoing, we need to slow down and ask ourselves why. Now you got me thinking like, man, was was my back hurting because I worked out or was my back hurting? (laughs) Listen, listen. (laughs) And it all flows together because the only difference between a mental health problem and a physical health problem is the symptom. It's not the source. And we talk about it like it's coming from somewhere else. Like Mm. the physical health is coming from the body and the mental health is coming from this abstract idea that we call the mind. But we are embodied creatures. When God created us, he breathed breath of life into us and man became a living soul. All of us, that's body, heart, mind, our actions. We are one organic connected being. And so when something happens and it shows up in our feelings or our thinking, we call that a mental health issue. And when it shows up in our bodily tissue, like pain or cancer, we call that a physical health issue. But they are all coming from within the body. It's just about how it shows up. So on my desk, I have a book called The Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Any mental illness that we diagnose is in that book. Alzheimer's is in that book. PTSD is in that book. Autism is in that book. Major depressive disorder is in that book. Anything that shows up cognitively or emotionally, that is in that book. So there's no difference in that way between an anxiety disorder and Alzheimer's. They both have symptoms that are primarily emotional or cognitive, but they don't have a different source. Yeah. All of it comes from within our body. Okay. So we really have to get in touch with that space. So when we when we identify that, right? And, and I'll be mm-hmm. honest, when I identified that problem. I was like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just, just 
avoid this situation and hopefully that will heal. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm not I'm going to avoid her. <laughs> I'm going to avoid them. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to run over here. And eventually what I started noticing is I was just stacking it on stacking it and stacking it and stacking it. And then I just had an emotional breakdown in my house to I never forget. Yeah. I ended up calling one of my friends in Nashville, Tennessee, and he looked at me and said, bro, you need to go get some help. And it's not the hospital. You need to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, wow. But I wish when I look at it now, I wish I could have identified that, which I already I did mm-hmm. identify it, but I hit it. I think there's right. some people watching. You thought you'd be okay if you just kept pushing past it. If I kept it. pushing past it. Like, what, what did my grandma yeah. say? Just sweep it up underneath the rug, you know? But the Listen, dirt is still pray there. Pray about it and keep moving. Exactly. It's still there. still and there. It's in our bodies. We're asking our bodies to hold our pain for us. Would you hold this for me? Would you hold this for me? I don't want to think about that right now. Will you hold this for me? I don't want to feel it right now. Will you press it down for me? And we're jamming it into the closets and the junk drawers of our lives. And then when finally everything comes spilling out, our body can't hold it anymore. That's so good. And so that's us mistreating our bodies and our bodies trying to help us by doing what we've asked it to do. And so many people are experiencing that now after 2020, 2021, 2022, our capacity to hold has been reduced by the trauma we've all lived through and our emotional lives have intensified. So with lower holding capacity and higher intensity, people are experiencing that emotional pain spilling out all over the place and having experiences like the one you've described. According to recent stats, only about half of African-Americans have some form of estate planning put into place. This includes important documents like your wills, your trust, and your power of attorneys. Additionally, only about 60% of all people have life insurance coverage. But why is it so important for not just Black people, but all of us to have these things put into place? You see, life insurance can provide financial protection for your loved ones in the event of your unexpected death. It can help cover funeral and burial expenses, uh, pay off debts, and even your mortgages. But here's what I really want you to consider. It can provide income for your loved ones to build wealth with. You see, estate planning, on the other hand, can help ensure that your assets are distributed according to your wishes after your death and that your loved ones are taken care of. If you truly love, and I mean this, if you truly, truly love your loved ones, don't leave their financial security at chance. I want you to get life insurance today. You can get a free quote with my friends over at Ethos by visiting anthonyoneal.com forward slash life insurance or by clicking the link in today's show notes. Protect your family's future and give yourself peace of mind. Don't be in heaven and you're full of joy and your family is here on earth struggling and stressed. Get life insurance today with my friends over at Ethos. Hey, now let's get back to today's show. I know it's a good one. So when we identify that pain, what's the very mm-hmm. first thing we should do, Dr. Nita Phillips? Because I think a lot of us are hiding it. But what's the healthiest thing for us to do when we identify this is the pain, this is the issue? What's the next step we need to do to start the recovery process? Affirm yourself. Mm. I'm allowed to feel this. Not only am I feeling this, but I'm allowed to feel this. I am a human being. It makes sense that I feel this. I'm not weak. I have been in pain. Mm. And this is a human response Mm. to a human experience. So before we rush to how do I get rid of it? How do I fix it? How do I control it? Affirm that it's okay that you feel it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we think that makes us weak. Mm -hmm. This thing from the past is in the past. I'm moving forward. Why does it keep coming to get me? 
we are human mm. and you are allowed to hurt when something hurts you. And so I think the first step is just embracing that humanity. Mm. Yeah, that's the part right there, boy. You know, as yeah. men. But that's what you did. You yeah. reached out to your friend. I did yeah. because I was I was at the bottom. I was like, bro, I'm, I'm not good. I'm I'm not yeah. good. And you, you need to get here because I'm having thoughts that I know I should not be having. And he yeah. literally got there within a matter of like 20, 30 minutes. Um, yeah. And he literally, within an hour of us talking, was like, bro, you, you need to get some help. And this is not a hospital. This is not a physical. This is more mental. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. here's, here's the thing, Dr. Nita. <laughs> He's a preacher. And Good for him. <laughs> he didn't say go to church. My man didn't even say let's pray. His very first thing was you need to get some help. And yeah. I was shocked because I thought he was going to come over, pray over me, put oil on my head and just speak tongues and just speak it out. But he literally said, hey, you need to get some help. After that, we prayed. But his first mm-hmm. thing was like, yo, you need to get some help. I want to ask you this because people know you as Dr. Anita Phillips in the therapy world. But, you know, if you're in the Christian world, you know Dr. Anita Phillips as one of the most prolific preachers of the gospel. And I want to ask you this. Why is Jesus and therapy important? Not just pray. I know back in the days, my grandma used to say, just pray it. Just just pray it out of them. Just, just pray that. Just pray, 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 pray. You don't need to go see a man because if, if, if God made man, he can fix it. And I'm like, in these days and time, I think we got to stop saying that. You need Jesus, but then you also need a therapist. You need therapists and you also sure. need Jesus. But why is it important for us to literally have both at our disposal? Well, because they meet different needs. I always say prayer is a weapon. Therapy is a strategy. <laughs> when you are in a war, you don't just have weapons. You have a strategy as well. So my prayer is a weapon. The word of God is a weapon, but praying in the spirit is a weapon. But I also have strategies. I have therapy. I watch my diet. I'm going to exercise. So all of these things work together. Now, I'm never going to say, you're never going to hear me say, God can't give you a miracle and heal it right now. You'll never hear me say that. (laughs) But I want people, because listen, I've seen God do amazing things, but I want people to approach it honestly. Do you feel like you should pray about your emotional pain? But if you get a headache, it doesn't even cross your mind to pray because you go straight to the medicine cabinet, take that Excedrin, and you have swallowed it before you even gave it a second thought. So if you're completely okay with using non-spiritual means to take care of your physical problems, then I want to ask why you're not okay with adding those means to take care of your emotional and mental health. Is it because you're afraid? to admit what might be going on with you emotionally and mentally, that becomes a challenge, right? We're just like, well, hey, Jesus's name is above every name. Well, if his name is above every name, why are you afraid to say the name depression? Why are you afraid to say the name anxiety? Yes, his name is above it. So I can't bring that name down, but he's opened so many avenues of healing to us. And so I want people to go to therapy and you can listen, if you pray in tongues, if you are Pentecostal, I want you praying in tongues, driving to therapy. I want you to (laughs) grab the therapist's hand and say, God, help the therapist, help me. Pray in tongues on the way. Home. The problem is we're trying to figure out where did the problem come from so that we can only treat it there. Well, is mm. it spiritual? So I respond spiritually. Is it physical? I respond physically. Is it in my mind? I respond to my mind. We are an organic being. If I have a plant in a garden and the air is toxic or the water in the soil gets toxic, eventually it's going to get in the roots. It's going to get in the leaves. It's going to get in the fruit. So no matter where the problem came in, mm. it's going to eventually flow through my entire being. And so I'm going to deal with it from every single angle. But the Bible is super clear about this. First of all, Proverbs 15, 13 says this, 
by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is crushed. Mm. And it's not the only verse, but it says it the most clearly that what's going on with me emotionally can actually damage me spiritually. Yeah. It can't erase my name from the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm still going to have Jesus as my Savior, yeah. but it can incredibly diminish the quality of my spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. And so if by sorrow of the heart, my spirit's being crushed, mm-hmm. if all I do is try to rebuild the spirit without treating the thing that's breaking it, it will be broken again. Wow. And so I need to nurse my heart just as much as my spirit so that the cycle of breaking doesn't continue. Jesus emoted. Jesus expressed his emotions Mm -hmm. without holding back. He He cried at Lazarus's tomb. Now, some people say he cried because his friend died and he was sad. Some people say he's crying because he was thinking about his crucifixion to come. We don't know what was going on inside his head, but we know he cried. <laughs> and we know that, that those tears were related to pain. Show and up. he did it in public. Yep. Even though he knew that he could raise Lazarus from the dead. Mm. Even though he knew God was going to raise him. Mm. Why cry if you know it's going to be all right? Mm. I don't know, but Jesus did it. Jesus flipped those tables in the temple. Then he filled the temple with people and healed them. Jesus wept and cried in Gethsemane. He was shaken. His body was shaken by fear in Gethsemane. And in the book of Luke, it says that the disciples were sleeping for sorrow, Mm -hmm. for sorrow. So they were emotionally distressed. All of this stuff, Jesus is never holding it back. Yet he continues to walk in power. He cries in Gethsemane and then walks out of Gethsemane, sees the soldiers. They say, where's Jesus? He says, I am he. And his voice knocks them to the ground. Mm -hmm. So your emotional pain is not mutually exclusive with your spiritual power. Jesus was in pain, but he was still powerful. And so the problem is we think we need to split it all up. But I am one reflection of my God, Mm. my heart my mind, my spiritual strength, what I do with my body, all of it should match. But that doesn't mean I'm going to feel great all the time. It just means it's all part of who I am. Yeah. This is why Dr. Anita Phillips is on this show, y'all. Come on now, y'all. You brought, you brought up Jesus, so you're going to get me there. I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> this is why but she's on the show. Come on, says this. This is what I'm talking about. Let, let, let's stay right there because I've been very big on promoting therapy and promoting strategy throughout this entire year. Uh, starting in January, I said, hey, this year is all about intentionality and strategy. Um, if you don't have strategy put into place, you're not going to be successful. That's financially. Now you just put it into the mental area. Um, strategy is key. I get this all the time. When I tell people, I'm like, hey, listen, man, I, I, I got to go. What's up? I'm about to go see my therapist. Hey, man, I'm about to, I got to go. I'm about to go see my, my, my life coach. Um, and now I'm about to say, hey, I, I got to go. I got to go see my emotional coach. A lot of people think as soon as I say I'm going to see a therapist, I'm sick. There's something wrong with right. me. That, that there's this negative thing that is attached to therapy and, and having uh, and working on your mental. So I, I want to say I, I want to ask you this question because you just broke it down so good spiritually. But I really want to be very specific with this question. It's what do you say to the people who don't trust that they need a therapist or who, who who do not think they need to go see a therapist. They feel as if everything is 100% okay and that if they go see a therapist, that means that they are sick. What's your thoughts in response to that? Hey, real quick. 
When you're feeling your best, did you know you can actually take on the world and accomplish anything you want, anything you set your mind to? But sometimes life can get in the way and you may start to feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up as the best version of yourself. That's where therapy can come in. By working with a licensed therapist, you can get closer to being the best version of yourself and feel more empowered to handle whatever life throws your way. If you're considering giving therapy a try, which I highly suggest, BetterHelp is a fantastic option. You see, it's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, it's gonna fit inside of your budget, and it's all done online, fam. Simply fill out a brief questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, and here's the thing, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered and fulfilling life, therapy can help get you there. And right now, because you are my family, you can get 10% off your first month when you visit anthonyoneal.com forward slash therapy. Again, that's anthonyoneal.com forward slash therapy. You can get the link in today's show notes. But hey, take the first step towards a better you. Now, here's the second step. Let's get back to the show because I know it's a good one. Having a therapist on your health team is just like having your dentist. It's just like having your primary care doctor. You're taking care of all the parts of you. You go see your dentist twice a year. You get a cleaning. If they say nothing's wrong, you come back in six months. If they find a little cavity, they fill it. Anything that happens when you do preventative care, you're able to heal it sooner. And it's the same thing with having a therapist. Have a therapist on your well-being team. Go somebody. Have a conversation. Maybe it sounds like you're thriving and they say it sounds like you're doing really well you know come back and see me in six months come back and see me in a year and maybe this time next year maybe you've had a loss or you're struggling with something and we're able to jump in and deal with it sooner maybe in a few sessions we can balance it out I think a lot of people feel like if you go to a therapist they're going to immediately diagnose you with something and if they do that it's a life sentence Mm. people do recover Mm. from mental health problems It is not always a life sentence. We can actually get better. There are people who take medication for a short period of time, and then they come off of it, and they move forward with their lives. Sure, there are people who are diagnosed with chronic issues, and they need lifetime treatment, but that's true with our physical bodies, too. But not every visit to the therapist needs to be about being ill. Therapy is not for mentally ill people. Therapy is for people. And if you go periodically, if something pops up, we can take care of it sooner. Mm and you can get better. Mm. So just add them to your well-being team. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanna go back to the very, very beginning of a Dr. Anita Phillips. Why, why, why therapy for you? Like why, why did you go this route? I'm curious. Oh, sure. Well, I am a pastor's kid, third generation, and I had an older sister who began showing symptoms of a mental illness very early in her life and was ultimately diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And it was very traumatizing for me as a child. My sister would wake up in the middle of the night and see hallucinations. She thought demons were standing in our bedroom door. Mm. And as a Pentecostal family who kept anointing oil under the kitchen sink, (laughs) it was a possibility. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's not automatically true that she's not seeing demons. So we really didn't know what to do with that. And this is, my sister was born in 1969. So we didn't begin to have the information that we have now. And so the trauma that I experienced as a result of my sister suffering and my family suffering and her suffering really ultimately pushed me into this field. I wanted to be able to understand what was going on 
um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, biologically. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to help other families to address it, particularly in the black community. My headphones. Particularly in the black community and particularly in the black faith community. Um, My heart is really, really there because there's information to be had that will allow us to live our most powerful lives. And when we are emotionally well, when we are mentally well, we position ourselves to live a more powerful life spiritually. Wow, wow. And you're married to one of the best preachers in the gospel. I am. This man I is, I, I, I enjoy watching um, him speak. Um, and so tell us a little bit about your family. You're married. How many kids do you have? I never asked you that question. Oh, we, well, so we've been married for 26 years. Woo! Uh, my math is starting to get, it's my math. Uh, we got married in 1996. Wow. And so it'll be 27 years this summer. And we do have two children. Our son, Michael, is 25 and our daughter, Olivia, is 20. And they are brilliant, amazing kids. They actually share an apartment together with a third roommate in Chicago. They're very close. Wow. Um, we're, we're really proud. I think, I don't think I know that how our children are doing is the best work we've ever done. It's my proudest accomplishment is how those kids are doing. One, one piece of advice. I always ask this to people who've been married for so long. Mm -hmm. Uh, One piece of advice you can give us single people, um, 26, Hmm. 27 years of marriage, right? If you had to go back to your single self, Oh no, no, no. What's one advice you've given your children to prep them for marriage? Hmm. Well, I do a lot of, I don't do as much anymore, but I've done a lot of premarital counseling work. Yeah, and yeah. so my children know premarital counseling is critical. Yeah, I encourage you to keep your mind open when you're dating. Is this somebody that I imagine I would want to be married to? Is this someone who I would want to see as a parent of my children? I think that's a critical question because it brings those flaws we're willing to overlook yeah. into quick focus. Would I like this person to be the parent of my children or the parent of my children? So premarital counseling, premarital counseling, premarital counseling. Premarital counseling. Yes. Huge. <laughs> um, please spend a lot of time in premarital counseling with someone who is trained mm. and who is not afraid to tell you, ah, eh, here's the red flags and this may be a poor choice mm. and be open to hearing that. So I think that making the right decision up front is critical. And Look at how you handle pain Ooh. and look at how they handle pain. Ooh. Because I, I always smile and laugh a little when I hear engaged couples saying, we know it's going to be hard. We know there's going to be days when we're in pain and we don't want this, but we're ready for that. No, you're not. You're not ready. But here's the question. <laughs> because you can't know what it's like until you're in it, right? I can't read about a marathon that's not going to help me with the pain of the training. I still have to do the training. So you can't know exactly what it will feel like, but you can reflect on how you've handled your intense pain in the past. And you can ask that person how they have handled intense pain in the past, Mm. because that's an indicator of how they will handle intense pain in the future. Now, when you say intense pain, because I want want to get to something else with you, but what's the difference between intense pain and just like regular pain, regular issues? Like, are you talking about like, major issues that may come up or are you just talking about just how do they deal with conflict? Like, what do you, what do you mean by between intense pain? Sure. How have they, well, how they deal with conflict? Definitely. Right. Have they had arguments with friends? Have they had experience with what we call rupture and repair? Have you had relationships where you, there was a rupture and you genuinely were able to repair it Mm -hmm. with friends, with family members. So you definitely want to know that information, but tell me about a painful situation where you pulled the plug. Mm. 
tell me about a painful situation where you were like, oh, that's it. I quit. You're fired. We're cut. I'm done. Tell me about a situation like you shared that pushed you all the way to the brink. Yeah. Where were you? What happened? How did you respond? Yeah. Because that will give you an indicator of what kind of situations will push you to your breaking point and how you handle your breaking point. And is there good therapy work to be done around that so that you're better prepared for the future? But past performance is a good indicator of future performance. And if we're not willing to at least embrace, that doesn't mean anybody has to be perfect, had to have been perfect. But how honest are we willing to be about where we've been? How much work have we done to mature, to grow, to continue to allow our relationship with pain to evolve? Yeah. Because most people don't have a healthy relationship with pain. <clears throat> and that undermines us in every area of our lives. What yeah. is your relationship with pain and how will you work to change it? Because we're all trying to run on this healing journey. We want a place of peace. We want a place of prosperity. But we will never be in a place that has no pain. Pain comes and goes. Yeah. And my relationship with pain will tell you how I'm going to be able to maintain my relationship with peace. That is, oh my goodness, which leads me into why I really want to join on on the show. Um, I've always wanted to join the show, but then just recently I saw you post a um, snippet of your new book that's coming out, and I immediately DM'd you. I was like, hey, sis, I need to get you on the show, please. I need you to come through the show. We got to promote this because I'm looking forward to reading this book and your new book that's coming out called The Garden Within, and this is what got me where the war with your emotion ends and your most powerful life begins. And it's like, I say, yo, a lot of people think life begins when they make a lot of money. Really life begins when you are emotionally like healing and whole. Let's talk about this book. What are we gonna get from this book, Dr. Anita Phillips? Cause I mean, I need to know uh, because I just been, you know, getting the snippets from what you've been posting, but, but what are we gonna get out of this book? We are going to hear, read together, um, how the creator designed us. Mm. It's not a question that we often ask. We assume that what our worldview teaches us is true. And that has always been that as long as your mind is strong, you're going to make it. Mind over matter, push through, endure. And then when we see people we admire collapse, fall apart, we think, what happened? Because we assume when people appear successful that they're emotionally well. And then when the ground falls out from under them, we find out that it wasn't true. And so what we see in scripture is that we were designed to live as a garden. The Garden of Eden is actually the way that God is teaching us about how he made us. And the soil is your heart and everything in your life grows from there. And so when you're emotionally healthy, you are more powerful spiritually. And so this book is going to teach you how to be emotionally well and how to nourish your heart in a way that supports your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health. And because this was God's design, the creator's design, it's guaranteed to work. If you can renew your mind about how you feel, we got to change our thinking when it comes to our feeling. Not the that's, that's what the Garden Within will do for you. Hey, man, listen, it's the guarantee for me. It's, it's, the, gu- it's, a, it's a guarantee. It's the guarantee. 
So outside of therapy, right? So, okay, we, mm-hmm. we understand therapy. And, and everyone who's been following me over the last year, our partner with BetterHelp, and we'll put their information in, uh, in the show notes today so that way you all can get connected with some therapists. But outside of therapy, right, what are some other ways we can start the healing process within our minds? So we understand therapy is where? important. Start the healing where? <laughs> oh, in our heart. In our heart. Come on. First, emotional health. First, it's going to be a hard switch for people, I know, but it starts in the heart. Wow. Consider your mind the plant okay. that's growing. Okay. If I have a plant in my home and I notice it's wilting, I, do I spray water on the leaves? Mm. I don't. Mm-mm. I pour it into the soil. You sure do. If the plant is dying and it needs food, where do I put the plant food? Where do I put the fertilizer? Where do I put the nutrients? Soil. The Bible says that the soil is our hearts. Our mind springs from that place. And so before you start trying to change your thinking, ask yourself how you're feeling. Because what's going on in the soil is the number one um, influence on how the plant thrives and grows. Begin with the heart. You know, I was... um... Just bought my first house, Dr. Nita Phillips. And mm, congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, when I was out there watering my, mm. my, 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 uh, you know, the plants and stuff, the the guy had pulled up because he was doing some more landscaping, and he saw me because it was hot. He was like, he saw me just mm. hitting the top because I saw that the the leaves were starting to get a little brown, a little crispy. So I was like, oh shoot, let me grab the hose. I started spraying at the top. He was like, hey, sir, um, you may want to not do that. I was like, what you mean? You need to hit the soil. You, you need to you need to get that thing kind of a little muddy a little bit. And I was like, but they're hot up there. He was like, yeah, they're hot up there because down there. I was like, what? That was a whole sermon to me, right? I was like, man, you, and when you said that, it just took me back to everything because you're so right. Everything starts from the heart. How we feel impacts how we think. What we think is what Mm -hmm. we end up saying. Now, when we put those words out there, that's what we got to live with. And I'm, 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 man. And what does scripture say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You just quoted the word when you said that. (laughs) Listen, Dr. Neal. People have a hard time with forgiving. People have a hard time with forgiving. I, and I, and I want to I end here, you guys, and we're going to put a link um, to where y'all can go pre-order Dr. Nita Phillips' um, book. Um, and also, y'all, can, y'all need to subscribe to um, her podcast, and it's called The Light Podcast with Dr. Nita Phillips. I promise you, every time she drops an episode, my mama is, is like, Anthony? Did you listen to Dr. Nita Phillips? My uh, mom, hey, mom. Mom, mom, mom. She is one of your biggest fans. Like, oh my gosh. Like, uh, you've really blessed just the world with your ministry. Um, but here is something that I think I would love to spend a little, little time um, ending the show uh, because I think a lot of people, you're talking about the heart. And I think a lot of people have a problem with forgiving people. I think people have a hard time with with operating in forgiveness. And I heard this one particular person say, I can't forgive them. I will not forgive them because they hurt me so much. And I'm like, it's not hurting them the way it's hurting you by the way you're holding that forgiveness. Why do we struggle with forgiveness and how do we honestly forgive so we can move on, Dr. A? Ah, 
Not a quick answer, but I'll try. As someone who's not naturally good at forgiving, yeah. I do first want to destigmatize unforgiveness. Like it's hard for some of us. And I want to acknowledge that. First of all, when someone's been traumatized by someone, yeah. it can take some work healing in the trauma space before we start having that conversation. Mm. If I am blessed today to rescue a young woman who's been sexually trafficked, mm. when I pull her out of that truck, that hotel room, and we and we get her safe, I'm not going to first say, hey, first thing you need to do is forgive your trafficker. Wow. No one would do that. Facts. Think about it. Facts. We would not do that. Why? Mm. Because we know how traumatized she is. We know how unsafe she feels. We know how powerless she feels. And so when you've been heavily traumatized, by someone, it can hurt more for someone to rush in and say, forgive them right away first, mm. because that person feels unseen. Mm. They feel like their trauma isn't being given a witness mm. that cares. When Jesus healed the man by the pool of Bethesda, he didn't tell him to pick up his bed and walk before he healed him. He healed him first. Sometimes we need to allow people to heal before we ask them to pick up their forgiveness bed and walk. And so I want to make space for people to forgive, um, but first to heal. The second problem that people often have with forgiveness is they have great loving personalities. They're optimistic people. They're super relational people and they forgive super quickly. And I want to challenge that as not being true forgiveness either, because a lot of times that's just avoidance. I don't want to feel the pain. I don't want to look at the pain. I want to feel better. Let's just skip over it. Let's just move forward. They say they've forgiven, but unless you've surveyed the damage, honestly, and looked into the fates of the pain, you can't really say you forgave it. You just skipped it. Down then finally to people like me who actually struggle with forgiveness because we have great access to our anger, as therapists would say. <laughs> My anger is easily accessed. Yeah. And uh, it can come up again very quickly. And so the two things that I do, one, I try to be less offendable mm -hmm. because forgiveness is such hard work. I try not to get offended in the first place. And so recognize that most of the things that people do that hurt us were not really directed at us. It is just collateral damage from someone who was thinking about themselves as much as we think about ourselves. Because most of us are thinking about ourselves all the time. Mm. So when we're thinking, they did that to hurt me. And it's like, they were thinking about themselves and really you're just catching some collateral damage from that. And so sometimes it helps to recognize that it wasn't as personal as it feels and that can help us release that. Um, but other times I just reflect on the things that I've done that I'm ashamed of. Wow. And I remember that God forgave me. Mm. And I ask him to help me to do the same that he did for me and to remember I'm going to need his forgiveness and again in the future. And the Bible says when we don't forgive, God doesn't forgive us. And so I want to make sure I'm working towards forgiveness. And I ask God to help me as long as I've mentally decided I'm going, I forgive this person. I'm not going to fantasize about their destruction. I'm not going to think about what I'd like to do with them to get back to them. I, as long as I'm not engaging in that. The emotional pain healing that I still need doesn't mean I haven't forgiven. It just means I'm still healing from the pain. So a lot of times we feel like if we forgive them, we won't be in pain anymore. But the pain can take a while to heal from. And last piece of advice I'll give is one of my favorite prayers to pray. If you just don't want to forgive, you don't want to hear anything I just said, you're like, forget it all. I'm <laughs> holding this. Knowing that God asks us to do this as a way of understanding how he loves us. Mm -hmm. As hard as, you know, I pray this prayer. I call it the want to want to prayer. God, I don't want to forgive, mm. but I want to want to. I want to want to. Some days it's I want to want to want to. Whatever's sincere for you, I promise you God will meet you where you are if you just admit where you are.
That's 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 I want to want to. Yeah. <laughs> I I used to be the guy. I think my struggle is I forgive too quickly, but I thought I was forgiving. Um because I for whatever, but really I was just hiding it. And I was avoiding that you person. You just wanted to get back to the good part. Exactly. Yeah, let's just, you know, yeah, and, let's and just I feel think good again. that's unhealthy for me. And I think I need to move mm -hmm. to that prayer. Like, God, I want to, want to yeah. forgive. And, 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 it, and it starts by sitting still, considering that offense. If you're one of the people that rushes past it, yeah. just sit still and let your body tell you what happened. Yeah, yeah. You'll feel that chest get tight. You'll feel the stomach turn. Yeah. And then just place your hands where you feel that pain in your body, where you feel that emotion, that pain. God right here. Yeah. Meet me right here. I want to want to release this to you. You know, um, I think it was like four years ago, I was in my therapy mm -hmm. session and I was offended. And my therapist asked me this one question. She said, well, why were you offended? And then when I told her why I was offended, she said, so then why were you offended by that? Like she was just asking me. And by the time we got down to the root of it, actually the offense wasn't really that person. It was something mm. deep down inside of me that I never healed from, that I never addressed with inside of me. And it sparked something inside of me. And I literally had to go back to that individual and apologize to them because mm, of how I responded to them because I looked at them as if they were trying to offend me when really there was something on the inside of me that I have not addressed yet. And, yeah. when, and when you said that, like, man, sometimes you're just a byproduct of something. I was like, even, is it that? And sometimes it could honestly just be you, that you just haven't healed from something. You haven't addressed. And that I, goes back to trauma. It does. Right? That we talked about at the top of the show. It goes back to trauma because when we hold trauma in our bodies, trauma is an experience that overwhelms our biological capacity to cope. Yeah. And so we're holding trauma in our nervous system, literally. Mm. And so when that, when our body senses that we're in the environment again, or we're having an experience that's similar, it fires back up and says, well, we're back in that place. And so we're responding from 10 other incidents that haven't been processed. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love this saying, I don't love this saying, but it's, if it's hysterical, it's probably historical. Mm -hmm. If your response is hysterical in that you recognize it's out of proportion with what just happened, yeah. if it's hysterical, it's historical. Mm. Roll back and think, when was the last time I felt this? And see if you can work your way all the way back to the first time you felt it. Yeah. Yeah. And start there with the healing process that you need because it will undermine your present. And this is a reason why people say you shouldn't listen to your feelings because they're responding from the past or they're out of proportion. But the reason they're able to do that is because you haven't been listening to your feelings yeah. and you're allowing them to pile up. And so that's one of the reasons why trauma healing is so important. And therapy is wonderful for that. Telling your stories of your pain to a safe person, a good friend, a family member who you trust is important for that. Mm. Eating well, moving your body, all of those things work to heal your body as you continue to process that trauma. Mm. But I do hope you'll do it with a therapist as well. 
Listen, you guys, we're going to put Dr. Anita Phillips' information inside of the bio. I'm pretty sure she can't uh, take on too many stuff because she is a busy, busy, busy woman. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to also make sure that we have uh, BetterHelp's information below so that way you can go see BetterHelp. Um, I do know that it is definitely something that we all need. And so with BetterHelp, mm -hmm. they're giving you 10% off this month to um, to come see some help and, and go see some help. It's all online. You don't have to leave your home. Um, I would definitely say check that out. And then also, please, you guys, um, this is a book that the world needs to see, a word the world needs to read, um, and it needs to be a New York Times bestseller. She needs to sell 100, 200, 300,000 copies of this book. Uh, again, the book is called The Garden Within, Where the War with Your Emotions Ends and Your Most Powerful Life Begins. Um, we are going to put the link to where you can pre-order today at Amazon. And uh, I need y'all to get this book because it's going to bless me. And I know if it's going to bless me, it's going to bless you. Um, and uh, when I get my copy, that's going to be the book of the month that we're going to read, you guys, because we got to heal from the heart first, like we learned today. Dr. Anita, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. so Thanks for having me. Oh, Loved it. Hope to be with you again. Oh, you're coming back yeah. on the show for sure. For sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure, y'all. So we love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in today's show. Um, until next time, be blessed, and we'll see you here real soon. God bless. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.